1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, service for all brands of print equipment in your office.
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630
0: Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 134 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. The Edmonton Oilers, the LA Kings tonight. Still some tickets available at edmontonoilers.com. As we go to our Oilers now, headliner brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We uh, bring back one of the greatest soap opera stars of his time, Wayne, from the Edmonton Operation. Uh, he's also a sporting icon and uh, the greatest, well, he wouldn't call himself the greatest player in the history of the Edmonton Oilers or the uh, LA Kings, but he was a pretty significant player for both teams. Hello, Wayne. It's Bob. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Good. Now, would you say that's fair, that, you know, you wouldn't call yourself the best uh, player that ever played for the Oilers of the Kings, at least not uh, not publicly? <laughs>
1: you know, it, uh, that's the great thing about sports. People sit around and talk about the best teams, the best players. Uh, I like to uh, chat about other sports and uh, different eras in hockey and uh, leave that to other people to debate. But, uh, you know, as you know, I was lucky I played with some great players and players some great teams, and it was, gosh, it was a lot of fun for 20 years, I wouldn't trade it in for anything.
0: We had an event last night, Wayne, uh, from about 6 to 9.30, and uh, Glenn Anderson and Kevin Lowe were at that event. Uh, Two of 22 players to have won six Stanley Cups in their career, and I know I've spoken to you about this before. Just about when when Slats put uh, Yari Curry and Glenn Anderson on your wings, that could have been arguably the highest scoring line in NHL history. You guys just never played together because you needed more balance.
1: <laughs> well, that was the one thing. Um, you know, those two guys were such great players. And Yari, uh, of course, was such a great two-way player. And you ever look at old highlights of Yari, he very rarely ever missed the net he had an opportunity. The goaltender had to at least make a save because he never wasted any time of, of uh, getting the puck on net. And, and he was just a grinder. You know, back in those days, the, the nets were uh, at six-inch pegs, I believe, and he was no fear going to the net uh, endlessly, and he was just fearless, and he was going to do anything and everything possible to get his body to the net. So, you know, I've said this over and over a million times uh it was a really good team, and it was a talented team, but it was a team that was very dedicated to working hard. And when you got your best players like Messier and Anderson and Coffey and Kevin and yuri and guys like Lee Foglin, you know, when you see those guys working that hard, it's just a, a big reaction throughout the locker room. So everybody pulls their weight and everybody chips in and everybody works as hard as they can. So it's one thing to have talent, but it's the second thing that those talented guys work hard. And we're blessed that all those guys worked extremely hard.
0: How different do you think it is for today, given the fact that the players have, you know, four mandated CBA off days per month? I mean, you guys practice every day, didn't you? Yeah, it's changed a
1: lot. Uh, I was telling the story this morning. My goodness, the uh, first 10 years of my career, it uh, we would play the 23rd. Uh, of December. If we lost, we would practice the morning of the 24th, and we always played the uh, December 26th. So, you know what? It was a different time, a different era. Uh, that's the way it was. Uh, but, you know what? We didn't care. We practiced every day. Glenn didn't practice for a long time. He was a big believer that you practice every day for 40 minutes, and game day was 20 minutes, and we skated all the time. And he just, he was a big believer in that. and it was just something that we all got used to.
0: Do you think there's something to to puck touches and just having? Uh, because I, you know, I've talked to some other guys from other sports, and they're like, you can fire that engine up about four and a half times, maybe five times a week. But in hockey, it's a unique thing because of the puck touches, and you can tell when teams Wayne haven't had a practice the day before a game because they don't. A lot of teams, especially younger teams, don't seem sharp early in the games, Wayne.
1: It's really crazy because you skate your whole life and you know, for most of us, we all started at a young age and we played a lot of hockey throughout the years and when you get to the professional level and you practicing all the time uh, and you're playing 80 games and playoffs um, it really is <laughs> something very unique that happens uh, to each and every player when they get a day off you would think the next day you're going to be crisp and sharp and right back at it Mentally you are, but for some reason physically it takes a while for your body to catch up, and it's one of those things that nobody really has a true answer for, but it is a realization it it, it does happen, and it happens to each and every
0: player. Uh, Wayne Gretzky joining us right now on Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. The Oilers and the L.A. Kings. And you are a significant player uh, for both organizations, but you're only currently working for one of them. So I think we know which one you're pulling for tonight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I know you, you see the Kings play a lot. They're going through a little bit of a rebuild. I know you know all the people: Luke Robitaille, the former teammate of yours, and Rob Blake, and obviously Todd McClellan's there. Billy Ranford, who uh, you know, after you, while well, he was part of your '88 championship team here in Edmonton. But uh, just a thought on what they're going through right now, Wayne.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I always pull from uh, the, the teams that I'd played on before. I was very proud of the fact that what St. Louis did last year was great for the St. Louis Blues organization. And it was wonderful for youth hockey in the Midwest that really uh, put a stamp of approval uh, of the game. So I'm, I'm always kind of following those teams, and, you know, as you said, I'm good friends with both Luke and, and uh, Rob, and I thought Todd McClellan uh, is a, was a wonderful person, and I wish him the best of luck in, in L.A., and, you know, one of the classier players in the National Hockey League is Anze Kopitar, and we're good friends, and uh, I enjoy watching him play, and he. Did a tremendous job with guys like him and uh, Brown and and, uh, Quick and Dowdy winning two Stanley Cups. And that really uh, cemented youth hockey and helped uh, the sport and helped the game of hockey throughout all of California. So, you know, as you said, um, they're going through a little bit of a transition. Uh, it's hard when you do win a couple championships. It's, it's a little bit tougher to rebuild, and you look at the success the Hawks had over the last 10 years and the Kings, but they're good good management groups, and I'm sure both uh, both those franchises will get back to the top relatively
0: quickly. The Edmonton Oilers, Wayne, today's the first day they're not in first place in the Pacific Division. The last 58 days have been first place in the Pacific. Obviously, you're excited about the uh, possibilities with this group moving forward.
1: Yeah, you know what, I think that everybody to a man is really uh, truly, if you looked at the first 30 games and said it would be one point out of first place, uh, everybody uh, in the hockey world, uh, especially in Edmonton, would have said, where do we sign up? Um, it's been a team that's worked really hard. Uh, we've improved in so many areas, and as I said early in the year our penalty killing had to get better. We we couldn't be 29th or 30th like we were the last couple of years, and that's improved drastically, and our power play is scoring uh, more goals that uh, mean something that are in pressure situations. So I would say that all in all that we got to be pretty happy with what, where things have gone, but there's still a lot of hockey to be played, a lot of games left. And I'm sure all the players uh, understand that. There's a long way to go. It's been a nice start, but we have to keep it going.
0: Wayne Gratzky joining us right now. Wayne, uh, you had a 51-game point streak, right? Is that the, the longest one you had? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm just wondering. I mean, Connor and Leon this year are doing something. I think the stat the other night was the first tandem of uh, players from the same team to have 50 plus points through 30 games uh, since 95, 96. It is pretty special uh, what we're watching with those two guys. How diff? I mean, you you've done you've done this before, you know. You've I think seven times as an Oiler, you had more than 50 points in the first 29 games or whatever. Uh, some of those years, you had 70 points. I, I, it, it sounds like a dumb question, but how challenging is that? Knowing that you're going to get the amount of attention that those two guys get, and it's a different world today because teams can prep for you because of video and all those sort of things differently than maybe they could back when you played.
1: Yeah, and listen, I make no bones about it. It's a lot more difficult today. Uh, As you said, the coaching and the preparation is different. uh, The equipment that the players wear is better. Uh, The size and speed of the game today is is above what we played in the 80s. Um, But it was hard. It's hard in the 80s, and it's hard today. Uh, the, the thing that separates those two guys, obviously, is their, their talent and their abilities, but more importantly, their work ethic and their unselfishness. And if you have two guys that think the game the same way, uh, that are talented and work hard, you're going to be successful. And Glenn Sather used to always say, the only thing that uh, beats hard work is guys that are talented that uh, work them. So that's what they do well. They're a joy to watch. They're a treat to be around uh they're both very professional and they're both very unselfish and as much fun as we're having watching them i know they're having that much fun doing it uh because that's what makes hockey fun when you're winning and right now they've been a huge part of the success of the
0: hockey club wait you mentioned the word fun that's an important part but the best love to be pushed too don't they yeah, they do, and they they accept that
1: responsibility. And, you know, you can see it in their eyes that it, this is not new for them. They've probably uh, been in this situation since they've been 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, and the teams that they played on all the way up to junior hockey, that the teams were relying on them. And they accept that responsibility and that pressure, and yet they enjoy it. They go out there and they work hard, and they're you can tell they're having a lot of fun. Um, the game has to be fun, and that's what makes it – the, the sport it is.
0: Wayne, I'm going to ask you a, a question a little bit down a different path here. Was it Young and the Restless, or... Was it Days of Our Lives where you uh, made your soap opera debut? <laughs> it
1: doesn't matter. It was horrible. Whatever show it would have been. What,
0: what was uh, what was harder, getting ready for Game Seven of the uh, Stanley Cup Final against the Flyers back in '87, or uh, uh, being a uh, you know going on the Saturday Night Live, or conversely, uh, you know being on a, a soap opera in the mid '80s? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen,
1: I did the soap opera as a favor for a friend. I said, okay. It was... He was a big hockey fan, the guy that owned the show, and I said, all right, I would do it. And then Saturday Night Live was a little bit different. I turned it down, and uh, lo and behold, uh, my wife went behind my back and told Lauren Michaels that I would do it. Uh, turned out to be one of the great weeks of my life. I'm glad I did it. I didn't make any mistakes. I would never do it again, and it was definitely harder than getting ready for game seven.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, Wayne, thanks for your time. Enjoy the game tonight, okay? All right, Robert. Take care, my friend. See ya. Have a good day. Uh, thanks, Wayne. Uh, that is Wayne Gretzky. Uh, it is 146 in Edmonton. <laughs> you probably figured that out. Uh, Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton-owned and operated for 50 years, for menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at RoyalPizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation. Med-
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
0: Subscribe to the Oilers Now Podcast.
1: Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad.
0: 149 in Evans. Welcome back, everybody. Game night. There are some tickets available. Still, the Orders match up against the L.A. Kings. Visit EdmontonOilers.com. All right, as promised, we're going to hook up with Natalie Minkler from the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation because there's lots of things happening in and around tonight's game. Hello, Natalie. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic, Bob. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you for... Uh, moving around our, our schedule a bit we we got a late edition and we kind of wanted to have him on the show so uh,
2: well yeah you know what i'll definitely uh w- take a back seat to mr gretzky
0: yeah absolutely so tell us about uh, it's it's now become a tradition every year right The shirts off our back uh, campaign It's gets done
2: that's right, it's our annual installment of shirts off our back, and we've been doing this in partnership with the uh, Christmas Bureau of Edmonton for many, many years. and it's one of the fan favorites uh, that we do every year and uh, helping out the Christmas Bureau every way we can.
0: All right, so is this is this is it only done in one game or is it done throughout the course of December? How does that work?
2: It's only done tonight uh, at the game, and as you mentioned, there are a few tickets left for tonight's game. So the way it works is fans come to Rogers Place, they purchase a raffle ticket, uh, five for twenty bucks, for their chance to win an autographed jersey. And uh, the the special part about the shirts off our back is post game, um, the winner receives the jersey directly from their their player. So
0: All right. That's so what's kind of fun about it. Now, are they? Uh, do- do the uh, winners that uh, end up uh, getting getting the spots for the raffle, do they end up still on the ice like they used to? Do we still do it that way?
2: How do we we end- sure do. Yeah, they go. So throughout the game, we'll be announcing the winning raffle ticket. So fans just have to watch the scoreboard. And uh, if their winning raffle ticket is called, uh, they come down to customer service. We tell them, okay, come down at the end of the game, and we're going to take you out on the ice to receive the jersey that you won directly from the player. So it's kind of fun. Uh Fans love it, players love it, and uh, the jerseys that we're using for tonight are the really, really cool dark blue alternate jerseys, which are extremely popular.
0: Yeah, uh, we're joined right now by Natalie Minkler from the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Uh, Who sells these raffle tickets throughout the building, Natalie?
2: So the Oilers' Wives and Girlfriends will be situated throughout the concourses uh, this evening, so you can purchase raffle tickets directly from them. We have some volunteers from the Christmas Bureau helping out as well, and I know Christmas Bureau is uh, always something that's near and dear to Edmontonians' hearts. Their, our economy is uh, you know, struggling a little bit, and so they've got more families that they're trying to help out this year, so every little bit counts, and uh, the money that we raise goes to... Directly to the Christmas Bureau, so it's it's a really great cause in our community.
0: Natalie, I know you guys put some numbers out. I forget when it was. Maybe it was in the fall. But uh, is there an approximate range in terms of with the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation through, obviously, uh, you know, the tremendous fans and supporters and, and sponsors and those sort of things? You know, what sort of uh, you know money you guys were able to bring in that you in turn uh, uh, doled out uh, back into the community? <laughs>
2: So last year, that's, that's a great point Bob, last year we had our best year ever we redistributed uh, 4.3 million dollars back into the northern Alberta community, uh, bringing our total since 2001 to over 40 million dollars and you know, it, it's really the, uh, the support that we receive from our fans through things like Shirts Off Our Back and Hockey Fights Cancer and of course our 50-50, when we get our fans participating in our programs It's really what allows us to do the work that we do and reinvest those dollars straight back into the community.
0: So, again, shirts off our backs tonight. People can purchase raffle tickets throughout the course of the game, take a look at this video scoreboard, and the numbers will come up, and you'll have your chance to have a a jersey handed directly uh, to you from one of the players. Awesome stuff, Natalie. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That's Natalie Minkler from the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Bob Stoffer with you. 153 in Edmonton. As we close in on wrapping up the show, we're going to get to the day in Oilers' history for New West Travel. Join Oilers now on a great road trip to Chicago. The package will include tours of Wrigley and Soldier Fields as well as great lower bowl game tickets at the United Center. There is, I'm going to tell you this right now, Chicago is special. How special? We're going to, at some point, a little bit later on in the show, like in the next two minutes, we'll uh, circle back to Chicago. But uh, you can reach out to New West Travelers. Nothing quite like that experience uh, in Chicago when the national anthem gets pumping. And Chicago is, this is Kevin uh, Quinn's line, big city money. Midwest value It's a pretty special place. All right, what happened on this date? And you're going to go back to 2006, Mr. Escott. When the Craig McTavish-led Oilers got goals from Brad Winchester, Jason Smith, and Fernando Pisani in a 3-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes, the team that they fell to in the Stanley Cup final earlier the same year. This was the only meeting of the season between the teams and their first regular season matchup in three years. And, you know, the problem with that season, Brendan, is everybody got hurt halfway through the year. Um, the orders obviously, Chris Pronger had requested a move. Kevin Lowe facilitated a trade, got back five pieces uh, from the Anaheim Ducks in the trade, which included Joffrey Lupul, who did not have a very good year that year at Edmonton. Uh, he'd be the first to admit to that. Uh, Ladislav Schmidt, so those two former uh, Ducks first-rounders, um, they ended up getting two more number ones, one which they basically indirectly fed back to Anaheim, I believe, in the Dustin Penner, would have been the uh, Penner RFA offer sheet. And remember, Penner scored 91 goals in less than four years in Edmonton, a number one that turned out to be Jordan Eberle and a second-round pick, five pieces in that deal for Chris Pronger. All right, uh, but, yeah, I was, uh, Oilers for the first half of the 06-07 season were pretty good, and then they got a bunch of injuries and fell right out of it. Oilers looking to get serious tonight against the LA Kings. They got to improve their team defense. They've been giving up too many goals. Miko Koskinen, first time this year, Oilers netminder will start three straight games. He's looking to bounce back. No Ryan Nugent-Hopkins nor Zach Cassian yet. Chance one, possibly two, will play on. The weekend against Buffalo. We'll have the uh, Oilers against the Kings Night 7 p.m. Puck drop 5.30 p.m. Face Off Show. Monday, we'll have a weekend recap. John Shannon will join us as well. Our NHL insider, John's in town. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen and I. Back at you at 5.30.